Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, going to be talking about Shaden Sharp leaving for the NBA draft. Going to be taking a look at ESPN's revised way too early top 25 for college football. Going to talk about where the Wildcats landed. Going to talk a little bit about Antonio Reeves and how he might fill a role that the Wildcats still need on their roster, in my opinion. And it kind of goes hand in hand here with what I want to start with today. Shaden Sharp announced that he was leaving for the NBA draft, put something out on social media. Well, actually, I believe it was um, it was somebody else on Twitter broke the news. Some media member broke the news first. And it was weird, like the, the way things came out, the order in which things came out. And uh, then Sharp, on his own social media, on his own Twitter account, put out a uh, statement said this, and this, this is what it says. These last four months at Kentucky have been nothing short of amazing to have Coach Cal and the rest of the coaching staff, my teammates and brothers in the Big Blue Nation welcome me into the family has been a true blessing. My path to this point wasn't a straight road of success uh, successes, but my passion for the game and my dream to play at the highest level has allowed me to overcome challenges and disappointments and has shaped me into who I am Today, in all honesty, nothing could truly prepare me for the decisions I've had to make along the way, but God has placed special people in my life to help guide, support, and instill confidence in me to help me prepare for these moments. Through discussions with Coach Cal, my parents, my mentor, and long consideration and prayer, I've decided to enter my name in the NBA draft while maintaining my college eligibility. I'm not sure what my future holds beyond today, but I do know I have to take this next step to officially go through the process to test the waters and receive feedback. I pray you will all understand this is not a decision I've taken lightly. I'd like to thank God for his many blessings and for uh, always guiding me or guiding my path. To Coach Cal and the rest of the coaching staff, thank you for your guidance and support on both on and off the court. To my family and friends, your unconditional love has seen me through the ups and downs. And to Big Blue Nation, I will be internally grateful to your patience, uh, for your patience and understanding while I go through this process. That is what Shaden Sharp had to say on social media. So the first thing that kind of jumps out to me there is the fact that he insinuates that this is not going to be a thing where he is leaving and he's gone for good. He's not signing with an agent. He's just testing the waters according to his, uh, his announcement. And while I do think that he's still gone, and we've talked about my stance before on this show, saying that I was, until he came out and said, no, I'm coming back, then I was going to stick with the, um, my, my, my assumption, which was he's, go- he's going to go to the NBA draft. And I'm sticking with that still. I just think that it's interesting that he's gone about it like this, just to say, well, I'm just going to be testing the waters just to see everything and kind of feel everything out. Because here's the thing, we've 
seen all these different videos on Twitter. We've we've seen the conversations on social media just talking about how he's already been in contact with some NBA scouts. He's already been working out, uh, showing off what he can do. He's still mocked as a top 10 pick in a lot of different places, still mocked as a lottery guy. So I don't understand if I'm Shaden Sharp what the purpose of saying I'm not signing with an agent, I'm just testing the waters would be after getting all of this other information, essentially saying that he's he's getting the information that he wants to hear. Like, if I'm him, I'm like, okay, everybody still thinks I'm a lottery pick. My workouts are going fantastic. I'm doing everything I need to do this offseason, kind of work my way into a position to get drafted and make some bank, right? So what's the point of saying that you, you, you're going to be testing the waters instead of just fully committing to saying, like, I'm entering the NBA draft. And I, I don't know. That's just me. That's just my opinion. And, and the couple of things that we can take away from this, one, well, it, I think that there will be a, a section of the fan base, and we talked about this with Matt Upchurch of the Kentucky 15 podcast, talked about this on yesterday's episode. There's going to be a small portion of this fan base that's still, that, that gets like upset over this, some people more than others. And the thing that I continue to come back to is like, well, at least we got Oscar Shibwe back, right? Like, at least we've got the National Player of the Year returning. And if you believe that Shaden Sharp is the one and only piece that could have really taken this team over the top and could have won them a national title, I mean, that's your prerogative. You do you. But, like, I'm sitting here thinking, man, we've got a couple of other prospects we're looking at in the portal that we're, I'm, I'm going to talk about Antonio Reeves in just a little bit, but... Like, there are a lot of other things going well for this program outside of just what Shaden Sharp could have done for the team this season. And so I'm just sitting here like, the roster's still pretty darn good, right? I mean, we've still got Oscar Shibway, and and I understand that the way that everything played out was just kind of weird. The way that everything just kind of played out was weird, but I hope Sharp's able to succeed in the NBA. And something else that I've thought about is, like, is this going to be end up being like a Devin Booker kind of thing where like Booker didn't even start at Kentucky, but ended up being a dog in the NBA. But in this scenario, Sharp actually didn't ever play at Kentucky, but he's going to end up being like some really, really good guard for, for, uh, for some, some NBA team. I don't know. We'll just have to see. Uh, we'll just have to see there. And then also one more thing I wanted to note before we move on is that the backcourt right now, severe Wheeler, Casey Wallace, CJ Frederick, I mean, I, I like what you've got at shooting guard there, right? With Wallace and Frederick. Or if you want to play Wallace and Wheeler at point and you've got CJ Frederick at the two, that's cool. But, like, you need one more. I think you've got to get one more guy that can play shooting guard. Like, we'll primarily work as a two or a three. You've, you've got to be able to go and find that guy in the portal. Because right now, I don't, I don't like the depth in our backcourt. I do I, I do really like Cason Wallace and CJ Frederick. Don't get me wrong. But I think we're going to need to pick up at least one more dude to really feel comfortable at that about the backcourt. That's just me. Um, and I'm not saying that smart eloquently, like, well, it's just my opinion, but it's the objective one. I'm like genuine. I'm like, I, I think you could make it work with those three guys. But if you had one more that could be somebody that could come off the bench for you and play efficiently, I think that would be nice. And one guy that immediately comes to mind, I believe it's Darian Green, if I'm not mistaken, a transfer from UCF, shot 39% from three. I don't know at all what his recruitment looks like in the transfer portal right now. I'm just saying, like, when I think of guys that could fill that backup role well right now, in my mind, I think of him. 
but we'll just have to see what happens. I want to continue talking about Shane Sharp leaving and just kind of the timeline with it. And then I want to talk a little bit about Antonio Reeves here as well in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Have you guys tried Built Bar's new creation, Puffs? Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. These things are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars, actually, are covered in 100% real chocolate, including Puffs, and they've got so many amazing flavors to choose from. Built Bars are low in calorie. They're high in protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. These are simply better, and they come in a lot of different flavors. They got a lot of really good ones. Personally, here we love cookies and cream and salted caramel, hands down, best flavors on planet Earth. Don't even really have to debate it, but they've also got different flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. All these different flavors are delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If Built thinks a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will also be good for you. You can go to built.com right now and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. If you aren't, by the way, I just want to throw this out there because I don't ask people often to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on podcast format, this goes for you as well. I went and looked at my subscriber to non-subscriber ratio in terms of like the amount of views that I get on the channel. And I know that a lot of YouTubers will say like, oh, well, 80% of people that are watching me right now don't subscribe, so you better do it. I, I'm not trying to pull that. I'm just trying to like acknowledge the fact that literally over 86% of people that watch my channel, like for the, for the existence of the entire channel, aren't subscribed. And over the past month, it's like 90%. So if you're watching right now, if you're listening on podcast format, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've officially hit 1,000 subs. Want to keep this channel growing. Really excited about the direction the the, uh, the podcast is heading this offseason. Again, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. It would uh, it would mean, a, mean a, a lot to me. I want to talk about the, um, the, the timeline with Shade and Sharp. And I'm going to be pulling essentially everything that I'm going to discuss here from a tweet that Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio put out earlier. Now, whether or not you like Matt Jones is up to you. Uh, I personally am relatively indifferent on Matt Jones. I don't, I don't dislike him. I don't like him. I'm just kind of neutral. I'm neutral on a lot of people uh, on the Kentucky beat and just in the Kentucky media sphere. So take this as you will. If you don't like Matt Jones, you don't want to listen to it, that's cool. But Matt Jones tweeted this out and said, a source sent me this sharp timeline. I can't verify it, but at least... It is a plausible scenario and would make some odd decisions at least seem a little bit more rational. So there were different things that came out. I was like, well, maybe Sharp's not eligible to go to the draft. It's like, well, maybe actually he is. Was like, well, actually he graduated last year. So like, what's going on here? And so this is what a source, quote unquote, sent to Matt Jones, put it out on Twitter. And this could be a potential timeline, according to this source. Starting off with Cal notified, was notified of Sharp's graduation and him wanting to play. The May graduation and even immediate eligibility were presented to Cal, and then upon compliance checks, the October graduation date was all that could be verified at the time by compliance. Even with conflicting dates, the October date still allows for enrollment at Kentucky, eligibility still to be determined. 
Then Sharp's people insist he's eligible to play immediately. Eventually, eligible date comes. Compliance advises Cal about the mysterious nature of his transcripts and the conflicting dates. Then the department, along with Cal, have worries of playing a player that may eventually be declared ineligible with the fluid and questionable transcript story reminiscent of Derrick Rose. Cal does not wish uh, to harm the potential finish slash outcome of the season. So essentially what he's saying here is like there was some conflict surrounding whether or not Shaden Sharp would actually be eligible to play. His people were saying that he was. I'm like, well, wait a minute, actually, that he might not be. And it's like, okay, well, actually he is. And it's just like Cal and the, the staff are just like, what the heck is going on here? We're not we're not going to play a player that may not be eligible because we're not going to botch what could potentially happen this season. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're not we're not going to risk that. We're playing it safe. But the 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 uh, thread continues here. Family was advised of hesitation by Kentucky and offered little pushback, wanting to do the right thing. And they think the October date is correct. All along, they do offer commitment to play next year, assuming uh, he's not eligible for the draft. And then family was notified by handlers. The May graduated graduation date is solid, and he will be 2022 draft eligible. The family notifies Cal, expresses regrets, but on understandably will enter the draft for most likely a top five pick. Uh, there's no ill will between Shaden, the family, Cal, and Kentucky. Just a crazy situation and unfolding of events. No initial intent to just come here and train. The handlers have affected the narrative and are quite amateur. At least that is a potential timeline. I'm not saying that's definitive. Matt Jones is not saying that's definitive. I just wouldn't be surprised if that's the way things went down, is that the family didn't intend to just use Kentucky as a training facility, knowing that their child was not eligible to go go and play. Apparently, Shaden actually wanted to come play, and it was just the way things were handled didn't necessarily allow that to happen. There was a lot of conflict, a lot of confusion, and at the end of the day, Coach Cal was just trying to play it safe instead of playing a kid that may or may not be eligible. That's just speculation. That's just a speculative narrative, but I think it's a fair one to look at. And then also, Cal, I believe, released a statement earlier, and I'll pull it up here. This is what Coach Cal said. Shaden and his family told me that he intends to put his name into the draft while retaining his eligibility, and they have my full support to test the process, just as every player does. Shaden has been a great teammate and has handled everything that comes with being a college student and athlete the way he should. Since he arrived on our campus, he's been an integral part of our program, and he's already registered for summer and fall classes, but we support this decision to explore every option and make the best decision for his future based on all the information he can receive. I'm right there with Cal. I mean, that is 100%. I like 100% agree with that. If you're going to, you know, I understand he's enrolled. And I understand he's still trying to do the right thing. But go and get your bag, man. If you if you want to explore that opportunity, just make sure, like, everything's all good. And then go and make it happen. Like, I, I can 100% get behind that. And again, no ill will towards Sharp or his family. I'm not frustrated with Cal. I'm not frustrated with the program. I can understand what exactly kind of could have potentially happened here. And at the end of the day, I, I think that if we're going to believe this, this, this narrative that has been put out there, again, it's not definitive. I'm just saying if it's true, then I can understand where Cal's coming from and I can understand where his family's coming from. And all I could say is just best of luck to you in the NBA, man. And if you somehow, somehow come back, we will accept you with open arms, or at least I will. And then also one more thing I wanted to talk about here. Like, let, let's say if Sharp's 
definitively gone. Let's say he's Seacrest out, which I believe that he is. Illinois State transfer Antonio Reeves. I'm not saying he's locked to come come to uh, Kentucky. I don't have any insider information. I'm not talking to Reeves or anybody in his circle. I'm just saying I feel confident that uh, Kentucky's definitely in the race and is likely the contender and will likely pick him up. And if that happens, I think it kind of fills the void that Sharp left on the roster, not necessarily from a positional standpoint, and like like I said earlier, I think Kentucky need, needs to do a little bit of work in their backcourt. But like Antonio Reeves could potentially fill that. Let's say he does. Like they try and make him fill that spot as shooting guard, right? Because isn't Antonio like a small forward? If I'm not mistaken, he he is. And so what I'm saying is like from a bucket getter standpoint. I mean, he's listed as a guard on ESPN, but he's six foot six, 100, 190 pounds. I mean, you could work him at the three. You could work him at the two if you wanted to, to be honest. So I guess he could fill that void. But if if he is the one that replaces the Shade and Sharp production, I put that in air quotes, we don't know what that would have been, but we assume it would have been the bucket getter role. If he replaces that, I mean, you look up and down this roster, I mean, Kentucky should be pretty good to go. Of course, if you play Reeves at the three, you've got to get somebody to back up at the shooting guard, in my opinion. But if Reeves is going to play the two a little bit, I mean, this roster's pretty set to make a run at the national title. So while either way, whatever happens, if Sharp comes back and he plays, if Antonio Reeves comes in and Sharp leaves for good, like either way, I think we're in a good position this upcoming season to to reload. And I'm, I'm excited to see what this season holds. All right, I want to talk a little bit about ESPN's way too early college football top 25. They updated it now that spring has officially passed us and we are in the offseason. They've updated it. They've moved Kentucky around as, the, as uh, a few other schools as well. Some interesting moves, I'll say that. We're going to talk about where Kentucky landed in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Go Braves. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action that is bet online where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. All right, I wanted to take a look at the ESPN Way Too Early Top 25. So they released one back in January, January 10th. And they had Kentucky listed at number 21 in their rankings. And we've gone over what they said about the Wildcats. Seven starters on each side, one for special teams. They've got a couple of pieces leaving, but they've also got a couple of interesting prospects coming in, both through the transfer portal and through recruiting. Got three wide receivers in Tavion Robinson, Dane Key, and Barry and Brown that could be interesting to watch. Will Levis, can he work on his passing game? Can Kentucky and Rick, uh, Rick Scangarello, can they kind of expand on the offensive philosophy that they ins- installed last season? Well, I guess it's kind of been here for a few years now, but I, but you know what I mean in terms of the passing game. So that's kind of that was kind of the vibe pre-spring. 
And in the updated way too early top 25, they have dropped Kentucky one spot from number 21 to number 22. Ole Miss moved up to number 21. They were previously at number 23. Arkansas stayed the same at number 20. And then Cincinnati actually dropped from number 19 to number 23, which I think is more on par with where they should be to start the season. By the way, just underneath ten, uh, Kentucky, two, two spots down is Tennessee as well. So let's count this up before we get into Kentucky real quick. That's one SEC team in Tennessee, two in Kentucky, three in Ole Miss, four in Arkansas. Just scrolling up here, making our way into the top 10. We've got Texas A&M at five. Georgia at three, and then Alabama at one. So that's six SEC teams that are currently sitting inside the top 25, if my addition is correct, and typically it's not. (laughs) But yeah, Kentucky at number 22. Uh, ESPN essentially repeats some of the same stuff that they said in the first article, just kind of talking about the key departures and additions. But they got a spring update here for the Wildcats. And this is what it says. After guiding Kentucky to its second 10-win season since 1977, Coach Mark Stoops and his staff spent the entire spring trying to rebuild both lines of scrimmage. Three starting offensive linemen must be replaced. Manning, an Auburn transfer, Tayshawn Manning that is, looks like one of the starting guards. Adding Tavion Robinson, who had at least 31 catches in each of the past three seasons at Virginia Tech, should shore up the wide receiver core. And, I mean, what else is there to say? We, we're going to continue to dive into, like, the different position groups and different things like that as the offseason continues along. But I'm really excited about this Kentucky football uh, team. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that. I'm excited about this, this offense and seeing the step that it can take in the right direction. I think it's going to be able to improve on the numbers that it had last season. Are we going to see the type of offense that Kentucky had for like the last four or five games of the year last year where they were averaging like 41 points a game? I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get to that level. All I know is that the offense I think is going to be explosive. I think if this young receiving core kind of works itself out, it's going to be impressive. I'm excited to see what Barry and Brown and Dane Key and Javon Baker do. Tavion Robinson also, don't forget about him. What does Chris Rodriguez look back uh, look like in his 50th year with the program? That's a joke. Nobody get offended. But like seriously, this offense is going to score points. Now, I have my concerns with the secondary, but Kentucky's defenses as of late have been relatively solid. So I expect the worst case scenario to be slightly underneath average statistically, like in terms of production out of the secondary, that's kind of what my my base would be. And I guess my ceiling would be like slightly to pretty above average. I'm not expecting Kentucky secondary to be elite this season. But I do think there's opportunity for the defense to be sound and the offense to be great. At least by Kentucky standards. That's just my opinion. I'm excited about the schedule as well. We've talked about that before on the show. The fact that you get Georgia at home, I think is huge. Could be a special year for the Wildcats. And if it were me personally, it probably probably rank Kentucky a little bit higher than 22nd. But again, that's just me. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. I will see you all next Monday for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day, and God bless.